welcome to Way to Wellness, the podcast. I'm your host, Beck Russell, holistic wellness coach, yoga and meditation teacher, personal trainer, and overall well-being enthusiast. I believe that we have been led off the wellness path in our modern way of living, and it's time that we get back to basics, back to our roots, back on our way to wellness. I take a balanced and wholesome approach when it comes to wellness, knowing that every action, every interaction, every environment, and every breath that we take has an impact on our state of well-being. This podcast will debunk all of the myths that we have been sold about what it takes to be well. Humans are complex beings, but being well does not have to be complex. Each week, we will explore a piece of the holistic wellness puzzle where myself and special guests will share our insights that we have learned along our way to wellness to support you to live a well, happy and vibrant life. Join me on the way to wellness. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Way to Wellness, the podcast. I'm your host, Beck Russell. And in today's episode, I wanted to talk to you about all things living off the grid. And so I know that there is becoming a little bit more interest and a little bit more understanding and curiosity about people wanting to explore their options in regards to living more off grid and becoming a little bit more self-sufficient and a little bit more resourceful. And I guess just coming back to basics um, with some of the ways in which we used to live our lives in times past. Now, myself and my partner are fortunate enough to be completely off the grid. And so in today's episode, I thought I would share with you a little bit about what that looks like for us on a daily basis and some of the trial and error and patience that comes along with that. Um, And I guess, you know, when you transition from living in a house that's connected to all of the main power sources and the water supplies to moving to living off the grid, I guess there is a potential adjustment period that you might experience when you're going through that. And I have to preface this conversation by saying that I can't really take too much of the credit for us being able to live in this way. It really has been my partner's hard work and his trial and error and research to be able to really bring this to life because it's not really... um, common knowledge. It's not really something that we're ever taught about unless we go exploring it for ourselves. So firstly, I will start with our water supply at the house. So beside the house, we have three large water tanks and I can't quite remember now how many litres they are, but they are quite large and they're beside the house and then they catch the water from the gutters on the roof, which then flows down into the water tanks. And then the water tanks are connected to a 240 volt pump that directs the water to the house so we can use it in the house. Um, Alongside that, we also had a bore drilled um, sort of down a little bit further on the property. Um, And then so the process of that is, I mean, there's a few different ways you can do it, but we had a couple of people come to look around 
and with their skills, they're able to have a look around the property and roughly estimate where they think there is likely to be some water beneath the ground. And so we had the first hole dug, which um, unfortunately didn't strike water, which is very unfortunate um, because it's not, uh, it's quite an expensive um, endeavor to take on. And then luckily the second hole that was drilled was a, was a success. So then once the second hole was drilled, we then placed a submersible pump down the hole, which is then um, allows the water to be pumped back up the hill towards the house if or when it's needed um, or if the rainwater tank is getting low. And depending on yeah what the weather's doing, sometimes we'll use that water to water the gardens as well. Now, some bull water is known to be not so great to drink. However, we were lucky enough um, and the person that helped uh, drill the bore said that our water is sweet, which means that it is suitable to drink if needed. So that's really, really fortunate as well. So we are really mindful and really conscious in the way that we use our water and in particular in the drier months when there has not been rain for quite some time and the rainwater tanks start to become low. And during these drier months, we try and be even more resourceful and mindful of the water usage. So we'll do things like um, catching the water from the shower and then you can use that to water the garden and these kinds of things. So when you are sourcing your water in this way, it really, really does encourage you to become so much more mindful and so much more appreciative of where your water is coming from. And there really is nothing better than drinking fresh, pure rainwater that's straight from the sky and it's not contaminated with chemicals um, and fluoride and those kinds of things as the main water supplies are. So next up, we'll move to talking about power and electricity. So we have multiple power, solar power panels installed on the roof of the house. And the solar panels are connected to several battery banks that um, that's where the energy or the power is stored. And the batteries are connected to an inverter, which then allows the electricity to run into the house. So we do also have a wind turbine that can generate wind power as well. However, we do find or in our experience that the wind turbine probably doesn't contribute anywhere near as much to the electricity banks as what the solar panels do. So we are up, we live in North Queensland and so there is a lot of sunshine for the large part of the year. So that's a really beautiful thing to fill up the batteries with power. However, that isn't to say that there aren't challenges um, that we face from time to time just to get the lights and the power to turn on. And sometimes there will be electricity cords and extension leads running from here, there and everywhere just to get things work. But, you know, at least it's a good way for you to be mindful rather than just going on and switching a light switch on and not really thinking about it. Um, but also, particularly during the summer months, there are periods where 
so we're in tropical North Queensland, so there'll be times where there'll be a lot of rain and the sun may not come out for a few days or even a few weeks at a time, meaning that the battery banks aren't getting any charge into them and therefore the electricity storage in those batteries begins to drain. And so in these situations, which mind you isn't too often luckily, um, this is when we have to become even more mindful of how we are using the power. So an example of this is appliances that have heating elements in them take up a lot of power. So you can think of things like the toaster or like a hairdryer and these kinds of things. They take up a lot of power. I hope you are enjoying this episode of Way to Wellness, the podcast. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, it really feels like this year is just flying by and I wanted to check in with you and see how you're traveling. Are you moving towards your goals and your dreams and your desires? Or do you feel like you're a little bit stuck or that you could do with some guidance or somebody to reflect back to you what might be the best action for you to take to get a little bit closer from where you are now to where you want to be? If so, I have just opened up a few spots in my private coaching. And so in this private coaching, we go through everything that you need to know to be able to get closer towards your goals and you can either take a six or a 12 session series. So if this is something that sounds appealing to you and you want to know a little bit more, please head to my website which is just beckrussell.com. Now let's get back into the episode. So we do have two separate battery banks, um, just as a bit of a backup and just, you know, for these kinds of instances where the sun hasn't come out for quite a while. And just, we just try and um, maintain a bit of a balance between the two separate stations. And there has been a couple of times, not very many, where the power has been shut off um, in these times when the power has become too low. Um, but yeah, it's very, it's very, very rare. Um, we do also have like a generator as well, which is like an emergency way that we can, um, which is run on petrol, which you can use if all else fails, just to get some power back into the batteries and back into the house. Another point to note too is that when you are using or living with off-grid power that you can use a lot of 12 volt appliances and they're a lot more power efficient. So in our house we have a 12 volt fridge and lights and these kinds of things and these accessories are often using caravans and things like that so you can purchase them from camping stores and um, probably a lot of other places but just generally speaking like camping stores or wherever else you can get 12 volt supplies from and we also have a gas uh, cooking a cooktop in the kitchen and then we have a gas barbecue outdoors in the garage so these cover our two um, two little stations to cover all of our cooking needs needs which is great 
Okay, so next up, we're going to talk about growing your own vegetables. So let me just say that this is no small feat, but don't let it deter you from starting um, or even looking into it because it is so worth it. So you can just start with the time and the space that you have available. And I think it's a great place to start just to pick a few of your favorite things and get, get those up and running and then you can start to add on from there. And it's actually quite an art and quite a science to actually get things to grow sometimes. I mean, sometimes things are quite low-key and they'll even self-seed themselves. Like there'll be a seed that's actually um, accidentally dropped from somewhere else and then it'll grow. And then other times you're really trying to grow something and it just won't. So there is a lot of trial and error and just trying to figure it all out, especially when you're first starting. But it is such a beautiful experience to be able to plant the seed and watch it grow and then picking it straight fresh from the garden. And it sounds really simple, but I'm always so in awe. And especially because I think we can become a little bit disconnected um, with where we buy the, you know, when we're buying food from the shop um, and we're not really seeing that whole life cycle of, you know, the whole cycle and transformation that each piece of produce has to go through before it arrives on our plate. So there really is something just so beautiful about harvesting a vegetable or fruit or herb that you've lovingly planted and tended to yourself. Um, so at the moment we have two main um, rather large vegetable gardens that are fenced off because of the wildlife around um, can try and get into the um, into the garden if not so they're all fenced off and then we've also got some citrus and avocado trees just planted in various places around the property um, and you know we haven't mastered it yet but our aim is to become fully self-sufficient where we're not even needing to buy anything from the shop. So there are a lot of different factors depending on the time of year and where you live as to what you should be planting and um, when you should be harvesting and all these kinds of things. So um, if you're a beginner or you don't know really anything about gardening, you kind of do need to get some gardening resources if you are interested in looking into this or, you know, just to make sure that you've picked things to plant that are relevant and suitable for your location and also the climate as well in the season. So there is a lot of trial and error. So don't be disheartened if you do try to grow something and you don't get it right the first time. Um, and there's also a lot of things to consider, you know, such as watering and pulling out the weeds and the fertilizer and natural kind of pest control because you might be dealing with like grasshoppers and whatever other um, insects that might get into the food as well. So just being mindful of that. But I can tell you this, that there, nothing really beats the taste or the feeling of growing and harvesting and eating your own produce. It really is the best.
and all of these factors in off-grid living and just becoming a little bit more self-sufficient really do make you appreciate where your power and your water and your food are coming from. And it's really empowering to know exactly where they are coming from and particularly the food that we are consuming because a lot of the modern commercial food crops are sprayed with toxic pesticides and they're transported for kilometers away and perhaps not treating treated sorry with as much love and respect as it would be when it's homegrown or locally grown. So I hope that this might have planted a seed for you to explore how you can be a little bit more mindful and a little bit more resourceful in your own home and perhaps even explore what options are available to you in your own home just to take a look at being a little bit more energy efficient, water efficient and also growing your own produce as well. If you do have any questions about this, please feel free to send me a message and I'll try my best to answer the questions for you or direct you somewhere else. And you can connect with the podcast on Instagram at way to wellness podcast. And you can connect with myself on Instagram as well at underscore Beck Russell. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot and tag us on your Instagram stories or share it with someone who you think might be interested in off-grid living. And as always, take really good care of yourself and I'll talk to you again soon.